Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit, saith the Lord. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show, good to have you with us tonight on this August, what is it, August 6th, 7th, 8th, August 8th, 2021. I had to count back for my birthday. Everybody say happy birthday, Pastor Bob. Turned 63 on August 5th. 
And so don't feel 63. I feel like I'm 43. But anyway, I was encouraged. I think I said it last week, but uh, somebody told me about a guy that was like 98 that still leads worship service at his church, at a Pentecostal church down in Arkansas somewhere. So that encouraged me. I'm gonna, I got 35 years left in ministry. Pastor Bob, pastors the New Life Pentecostal Church. Are you guys hearing me out there? I heard rumors there might be some internet problems. Let me know if you're listening tonight on Holy Ghost Radio or, of course, this is a AM radio station. I'm broadcasting live from Dickinson, North Dakota. You can be listening that way on 1230 AM. You can be listening on KDIX.net or on Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2. So I'm not sure which way you're listening. Got a bunch of people that say they're listening, so I think think the internet must be working. We've got, let's see, we've got um, Brother Griffith listening tonight. We've got in Grand Great Falls, Brother Woods, are you listening out there? I think so. Nathaniel, Park River, North Dakota is listening. We've got uh, Ben Yoder listening in. The Millers are listening in in Beach. Uh, Brother Duran, he's he's the one that texted me. We've got. Um, Sister Stacy listening on Holy Ghost Radio. Uh, so, boy, a bunch of people are texting me tonight. Happy birthday. Don't just say happy birthday. Send me a present or something. Brother Jones is listening. He's going to be coming out our way here in September, doing some ministry out here. So that's exciting. We've got um, Pat and Lauren, our team that goes to New England, finally got to go back into the women's prison. He told me they had 24, 22 ladies total tonight in the New England prison. So that's a ladies' prison south of Dickinson, and they, they've they been doing it online because they um, the state has not allowed us to go in, but now they're back, so that's exciting. Tim and Tammany, Tim and Tammany, Tim and Tammy are listening to North Carolina. Uh, the, we've got, uh, let's see, somebody's, oh, Stacy's listening on the radio. Okay, I, I don't even know. So we're, oh, we've got um, the, some hussies listening with the Black Shears in Indiana. And I guess they're coming up our way here pretty soon. Sister Bretz is listening tonight. Got to see her in church today. Who didn't I? Brother Johnson, did I mention him listening? The Millers are out in Beach listening tonight. You can text me 270-1-290-7862 and let me know that you're listening. Oh, Carl's listening. Haven't heard from you for a long time. Carl and Jeannie are listening tonight in Michigan. And I pray for those people every day. We've got Miranda and the kids listening in New England. And that's not in the New England states. That's New England, North Dakota. So I'm just giving shouts out to people that are listening. I try to do that at the beginning of the program. A lot of times people text me before the program starts and say, we're getting ready, we're getting geared up. Um, tell it. That's that's what they say, tell it. Well, tonight I'm uh, going to talk about the, a little bit about these times that we're living in. We are living in some interesting times. We have um, some things going on. I I have two things that I uh, I had a bunch of people at my house this afternoon kind of talking about the difference between being an American and being a Christian. As a, an American, it's just crazy to me that people are talking about vaccine mandates, like they're going to make me get a vaccine. Now, this isn't a Christian thing, and I don't talk politics on this program, but as an American, I'm like, how can they do that? How can they make me? get a vaccine. Anyway, Pastor Bob's not going to get one just because just because I'm an American. How's that sound? I don't think there's anything probably wrong with it necessarily, but I think it's leading somewhere where we're going to see some things coming that that are going to usher in the last days. Um 
And I'll get to that here today. But let me start out with the scripture in the book of Matthew, chapter 25. Of course, this is after Matthew 24, where Jesus was talking a lot about prophecy, not only prophecy of the destruction of Jerusalem, but even end-time prophecy. And he mixed it all together in a big lump, which makes it somewhat hard to understand. And I think he did that on purpose. But he wanted us to have wisdom as we deciphered it in Matthew 24. But now in Matthew 25, he starts out with this this parable. He goes, Then the kingdom of heaven is like, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, Say, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I send to you, I know you not. And then Jesus summed this up by saying, Watch therefore, for you know not, you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Now, this is talking about the end times. And we are, um, I believe, living in those times. I don't do a lot of Bible prophecy teaching, especially on the radio. but And I'm not necessarily doing Bible prophecy teaching tonight, except to tell you that this parable that Jesus told was only told for one reason. He was talking about the last days the end of the age, and he was telling people to be ready. Of course, Jesus did not tell us when it was going to be exactly. Uh, The Scripture talks that there are certain signs that we can see that we'll know that it's coming soon. The gospel's got to be preached in all the world. And, of course, that's something that's already been done. And, um, And there were other signs that I believe have been fulfilled in my lifetime. But the whole point of the parable is be ready. Like there's no second chances when Jesus comes. Or after we're dead, there's no second chances. Contrary to what a lot of you believe, that you could possibly pray your loved ones out of a place called purgatory, the Bible doesn't mention anything about that. So the way you die, that's the way it is. And when Jesus comes, that's the way it is. Now, I want to just say this before I get into my main topic tonight, that there are things happening today that are unprecedented in our culture, in our world, I should say, in history. Now, the reason I say that, there's always been terrible times. There's always been bad times. There's always been uh, geographic terrible times. There's been world wars. There's been times when it looks like the world was going to end. But there are things that the Bible talks about, for instance, talking about a time, like in Revelation 13 and 16, a time when this beast or this Uh, some people call him the Antichrist or this false prophet, is going to cause all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, 
and that no man might buy or sell save that he had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Now this is a a prophecy about a time coming in the future, and of course this prophecy is like 2,000 years old, but it talks about a time when everybody in the world is going to have to have a mark, or they won't be able to buy or sell. It doesn't say they're going to be killed without the mark in this particular verse, but you would starve to death if you didn't have the mark because you could not buy or sell. Now, I'm not saying that the COVID vaccine is the mark. I'm not saying that. But isn't it interesting that there are countries now that are using uh, vaccine passports? Even Canada's talking about doing this to where you won't be able to go places unless you can prove that you were vaccinated. Let me tell you that we are not very far away from the Antichrist or the beast or whatever you want to call him, saying that unless you take this mark, you won't be able to buy or sell. You see, this is this is stuff that, sounded like science fiction a few years ago. But it doesn't sound like science fiction today. Now, in America, I don't believe they could do that right now. It seems like the Bill of Rights, which... The Bill of Rights, here again, this isn't political tonight, but, but the Bill of Rights, our founding fathers did not say that the American government gave us the Bill of Rights. Our founding fathers said that God gave us these rights. And they were just saying that we are going to uphold these God-given rights. That That's what the Bill of Rights was. So as an American, I, I don't see how they can make me take a vaccine. But there's a day coming when they will try to make people take this particular mark, whether it comes in the form of a vaccine, um, uh, there's a, a day coming, and I'm not trying to be dramatic or, or a, a conspiracy theorist person, but there's a day coming that there will be a mark given to people on their hand or their forehead, and it will be like a vaccine passport. You won't be able to enter a store. You won't be able to sell anything. You won't be able to operate your business or buy anything without this mark. And here again, I'm not outside the Scripture tonight. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. And so I'm starting out the program with this tonight because I want you to understand that that um, we are living in days. Now, many of you, uh, here again, many of you listening to me have taken the vaccine. I am not saying this vaccine is the mark of the beast. I'm not saying that. In fact, I don't believe it is. But it has shown us the kind of pressure that governments can put on their people to take what they want them to take. Now, there's about a third of the American adults that haven't taken the vaccine because it's America and they don't want to. Uh, You can say they're stupid. You can say that they're uh, ignorant, you could say they're not following the science, but it's America. You know, they don't agree with it. They don't want to take it. Maybe they have a mistrust for the government. 
They won't take it. I haven't taken the vaccine. Um, I'm not telling you not to take it. It's just that I, my theory about health is different, possibly. Sometime I'll do a show on it, but it's, it's I mean, I'm just like, I drive my motorcycle without my helmet. Why Why should I worry about catching the flu? I mean, like, I. anyway, I, I don't want to get into it. I mean, I'm overweight. Why should why should I be worried about the flu? You know, I mean, like anyhow. But so tonight, this program is gonna we're gonna talk about being ready, how to be ready for this last day. And uh, we're living in a world that is going crazy, and this little song has something to say about. Text me tonight, seven zero one two nine zero seven eight six two. Well, we worship at the shroud of Elvis, and we're waiting for that money from Ed McMahon, and we're drinking from the Perrier Fountain of Youth, while we follow what the daily horoscope's saying, taking lethal doses of MTV, delving into pet psychiatry, trying to treat cancer with the fruit juice cure, and waiting for the
Well, we're studying the National Enquirer. Is it true Sonny Bono is the Antichrist? We debate if TV wrestling is really a sport. While we're testing rock and roll and its effect on mice. Bonding with our little computer screens. Getting anorexic on our lean cuisines. Turning Great big stupid, stupid world. What do you think of that song? Hey, they're having trouble listening on Holy Ghost Radio, I heard. So maybe some of you are, are you listening on Holy Ghost Radio? Somebody just texted me and said they can't hear it. So you can listen on KDIX.net also. Of course, some of you are listening. We've got um, Yvonne and Marin listening right to KDIX. KDIX AM comes down all the way to Bowman? Is that right? That's cool. I didn't realize that. Um, we've got uh, the Kill Collinses listening. In Wisconsin, good, good to. Have, I pray for you guys every day. I, you know, he said that my birthday present, I, I is coming. He, the keys to my new Corvette are in the mail. So you got me a brand new one for my birthday, brother Kill Collins. That is so nice of you. Of course, he's a, he's a wealthy. Um, he's into the power plant type stuff. Um, I guess K, uh, the um, what did Ben Yoder say? Uh, on the KDIX app, it's good now. We've got, uh, who else is listening out there? Sister Becky listening from home. We've got James listening from Oskaloosa, Iowa. So we've got, you can text me tonight, 701-290-7862. We've got Brother Greg Johnson listening, saying the American news does not cover the turmoil in the world. Um, We are pretty much in a bubble. The world is on fire. I believe that. In fact, uh, my wife and I, we were going to travel over to Ethiopia to a wedding. We have some Ethiopian people in our church. And I just changed my mind on it because I thought, you know, I don't want to travel overseas right now. I'm not a scaredy cat, but I don't want to be quarantined to come back. Maybe they'd say you can't come back unless you, you know, do whatever. We're talking tonight. Thanks for all the communication, by the way, too, and it keeps coming in. from A lot of you, I don't even know who you are, so appreciate you listening tonight. But we're talking about be ready. Be ready. You know, Jesus told the story of the parable of the ten virgins to tell us to be ready, to be ready for his coming. Now, one of the things I want you to notice in this parable is that all ten of these virgins in this story slept. Now, I know it says five were wise, five were foolish, but they were all sleeping. And this is what the program is about tonight. This is talking about a spiritual sleep. Now, all of these people were clean living, good people. Five of them had died out spiritually, and five of them were asleep out of the ten. And there was a call made to wake up. And so tonight I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of, uh, gonna be the guy saying wake up tonight. This is not talking about a natural sleep, of course not, although you don't want to sleep your life away either, but this is talking about a spiritual sleep. And just as we need a spiritual awakening in our life, it's possible to go back into a spiritual sleep. You know, this this um, sleeping in the church, both literally and spiritually, is a very serious thing. The falling asleep spiritually 
probably has more to do with not realizing the seriousness of this game we're playing. Somebody said when the game's over, it all goes back in the box. Well, there's some truth in that, if the, the casket box anyway. But this is a very serious, this isn't a game, but if I could call it a game, it's a very, very serious game we're playing. We only have one chance at this, and we don't want to be sleeping when Jesus comes back. You know, I look at Jonah in Jonah chapter 1 and verse 5. It says, Then the um, mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. Is it possible that there are people that are not apostolic, that don't know Acts 2.38, that are aware that we're in a storm, that are aware that we are in unprecedented times, and there are apostolic people that are asleep in the bottom of the ship. Is that possible? I believe it is possible. I believe that it's possible to be the ones that know the most about God and can't see the signs that are all around us. Where there are other people in our country and around the world whose hearts are failing them for fear because of what's going on right now. I mean, this is this is crazy stuff that's happening. And I believe that uh, this is ushering in the, the last seven years of the world system as we know it. The, the, the Bible calls the Great Tribulation. I don't believe we're in the Great Tribulation right at this moment, but I just, what I'm seeing now, I, I mentioned it last week, but I've always, ever since I came to God when I was 20, I've believed the Bible and I believed Bible prophecy, but I just couldn't figure out how it was going to work. But during this COVID thing, which is a worldwide thing, I saw how people through fear can be told to do anything. And they'll do it. I mean, like I mentioned last week, even shutting down their churches in America, which is a right that was given to us by God, the freedom to practice our religion, and was actually backed by the Bill of Rights, and states shut down churches under emergency powers provisions, which I think most of us understand. Like, in other words, we had a maybe a tornado went through town, and they shut down a neighborhood to keep it free from looting or something for two weeks. Like most of us get that. Like like your church had a fire in it, the building's unsafe, they don't want anybody going in there, so they'll shut the church down. Like most of us, like most reasonable people get that. But they shut churches down in Michigan and California for over a year. Now some of those people went and had church anyway. But you see... We are living in days that we need to wake up. You know, the epistles, the letters to the churches, were not written to the five foolish virgins. They were written to the five wise virgins. They were written (laughs) written to Acts 2.38 people, and if you don't know what Acts 2.38 says, it's the plan of salvation in one little verse. That's why I quote it all the time. You know, it's not the only verse I know, but I quote it all the time because... It's kind of neat. In one little verse, it tells you how to be saved. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
This is the plan of salvation. This is the church. This is that Peter said that. This is the church that Jesus set up. This is still ought to be saved today. And the letters to the churches were written to people that believed that. And these are what some of those letters say. For instance, Romans thirteen eleven, and and that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Wake up, the Apostle Paul told told the Roman Christians. He told the Christians in Ephesus, and in Ephesians 5.14, he said, Wherefore he saith, Awake, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Here again, he's telling them to wake up if you're sleeping. He's telling people that believe the born-again experience that Jesus talked about in John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, he was saying that you need to wake up. It's possible to be a born-again apostolic Christian and have fallen asleep, according to the parable of the ten virgins, according to these verses that I just read. We have to stay spiritually awake, because if we don't, we're going to be left behind someday. First Thessalonians 5, 6, Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. And of course, sober means free from intoxicants. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking tonight on the radio. This is an AM station. If you don't know where Dickinson, North Dakota is, that's where I live. That's where the station's out of. That's where the church I pastor is out of. This city is, uh, we've got a nice, a good-sized Pentecostal church here, but um, there are there are more non-apostolic people here by far than apostolic people. And I'm reaching for them tonight. And many of you know that the, we are living in days that we've never seen before. But I'm telling all of us today that we've got to wake up, we've got to watch, we've got to pay attention. First of all, you've got to get into God's church, and then you've got to stay awake. Speaking of watch, Jesus said in Mark chapter 13, verse 33, he said, Take ye heed, and watch, and pray, for you know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey who left his house, gave authority to his servants, to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh, at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, Jesus ends this by saying, Watch. You know, he wants us to watch. Jesus is coming back. Pastor Bob is not making a prediction specifically when the day is. Because the Bible says we don't know that day. But there are things happening. Like a year ago, 
a year and a half ago or so, we were still holding church services in Dickinson, and I felt an incredible pressure to close our church down. I mean, I felt not only from people in our community, but even from our governor here in the state of North Dakota, I felt pressure even from the people in our church because we were all listening and paying attention to what everybody was saying. And I felt in it just this huge pressure. One of my grandsons was just telling me before I came into the studio, he said that he would he was driving to church one day, he and his new wife, and he felt an incredible fear come upon him. He wasn't afraid of COVID. He wasn't afraid of the government. He didn't know where it came from, but it was a fear. And he said as soon as he got to church, it went away. You see, we are living in times, at least in America, and like I say, I know there's been bad times many times in history. You know, I'm not ignorant. I love history. I love to read about it. I know there's been dark days in this world's history, really dark days. But right now, we are we are being persuaded to follow whatever mandate the world governments say we should follow. No questions asked. If you ask a question, they ban you from Facebook. If you ask a question, they take you off of Twitter. I mean, like, there's no opposing voices that could be heard. That's kind of what's neat about old-fashioned radio. So far, they can't take you off of that. You know, this, we need to pay attention. We need to stay awake. Oh, and I need to take a little break. Um, Pastor Bob here, Dickinson, North Dakota, New Life Pentecostal Church. Our next service is Wednesday night at 7.30. We have a brother, Denville, from our Williston Church coming to preach for us this Wednesday night. Great, great preacher. He's from the Caribbean. He lives in Williston right now. Our church doesn't even know this yet. I'm an, You that go to our church, Brother Denville is going to be preaching Wednesday night in Dickinson. If the Lord tarries. Here's a, here's a Bill Farron song. This is the best song, I think, on the whole CD. And the whole CD is great. So this is like the cream of the crop. It's called Selah. And it's certainly about the second coming. That's what my program is about. Watch. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. The Lord will be returning very soon. Maybe evening, morning, or at noon. Not for the foolish virgins, but the wise. Then recompense the world for all their lies. The born-again believers will sing their triumph song. Say la, it might not be too long. The Christians of all ages standing by, waiting for that trumpet in the sky. Angel will blow it loud And we'll all meet together 
together in the clouds. Even so, come, Lord Jesus, is what we ought to pray. Say, ah, he might just come today. And trials for us to learn to cultivate a Christ-like attitude. Be holy unto Jesus, the bread of life, our food. We'll hear the words, thou good and faithful servant, enter in. Say, now your rest will now begin. Think about it before it gets too late. You better say lock, cause when he comes back, he won't wait. You better count the cost, there's one thing you can't buy. Won't be no tickets sold on eBay when we fly. Jesus is coming back, he's coming back real soon. Don't know just when it could be morning, night, or noon. Is coming back as a thief in the night. Before he does, my friends, you better make things right. Off of the clouds, we'll live on high. No more sickness, no more tears, we'll never have to die. The mystery of godliness is shown. The glory of the Father to been made known. Forever we will praise Jesus throughout eternity. Pastor Bob is going to cut that song short. You know what I'm going to do, though? I'm going to play that song again at the end of the program, my bumper song. At the very end, that was uh, Evangelist Bill Farron with his song, Selah. Talking about watch, be ready for the second coming. So many uh, people listening tonight, so many people texting me tonight. Glad you're listening. Brother Fuller listening in in um, up on the lake Sakakawea, First Chronicles twelve thirty two, and of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times. Exactly, we need to understand the time. Brother Leverson listening in Bismarck. We've got um, just a lot of people here listening tonight. Thank you so much. If I didn't catch you, if I didn't name you, some of you I don't probably know, but but um, the Blackshears are listening. I think I mentioned that. He's going to be doing a little preaching when he comes back this way. He's going to be back in in uh, Dickinson, he and his family, the last half of August. He's going to be doing some speaking in our Dickinson church, in our uh, Beach church, possibly our Bowman church. So the um, Chance Simons, how are you listening tonight? So you must have your iPod hooked up somehow. All right, the... Um, well, let's see. Uh, we've got, you know, let me tell you the story here. Uh, quite a while back, I was at my brother-in-law's house in Fargo, and there was a one of his friends who was a federal judge there. Uh, we only have a couple federal judges in the state. I don't remember his name, and I probably would mention it on the radio if I did, but we were visiting, and he found out I was a pastor, and he told me, he said, he said, you know, the only thing that works 
to reform prisoners is a spiritual awakening. He said, we know that for a fact. He said, what we've been doing for the last 140 years in the United States is just locking up people and hoping they learn their lesson. He said, we know that doesn't work. But he he said, we know that people that have a spiritual awakening can change. And I thought, boy, that's interesting that he would tell me that. And I believe the devil knows this also, and that's why he fights so hard for people to have a spiritual awakening. But I also notice, because the devil knows this, that he tries to put people that have had a spiritual awakening back to sleep, including myself. He tries to lull us back to sleep. So it's not usually a frontal attack of temptation or fear or uh, just out-and-out sin, but it's the lulling to sleep of the spiritual man. And I want to talk about, you know, how God is calling us to wake up. We look at the the uh, the Judge Samson in the book of Judges and how he was lulled to sleep and he would wake himself up and, and uh, kind of figuratively and literally, but finally it cost him quite a bit. The thing that's putting most apostolics to sleep is... Materialism. Luke verses chapter eight verse fourteen, it says, "And they that fell among thorns, thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection." Cares of this life, pleasures of this life, riches of this life, can put you to sleep spiritually. You can, and and you can tell that you're going to sleep. Because your love for the things of God doesn't seem as important as it used to. And I'm saying you've got to wake up. You've got to be ready. For instance, when you are falling asleep spiritually, your love for people begins to die. When you are falling asleep spiritually, your love for fellowship with God begins to die. You don't care if you're in God's presence. You don't seem to miss your prayer time with God. It's because you are falling asleep spiritually. You don't care about the Word of God. You're not as interested in it as you used to be. Now here, I'm not trying to criticize anyone. Of course, how can you criticize anyone when you're on the radio? I can't even see you. But I'm trying to warn us that these are signs of spiritual drowsiness. Remember, in the parable of the ten virgins, they were all asleep at midnight when the cry was made. All of them. Not just five of them. Brother Woods from our Jamestown church kind of seeded this message last a week ago Saturday. He brought that out. He's the I call him my new nickname for Brother Mike Woods from our Jamestown church. The pastor there is the cedar of sermons. That's what I call him now. Because when you hear him preach, you'll get at least five good sermons out of the message. I don't know if he's ADD or what, but he says so many things. 
and he never expounds on them, which is fine with me because I just write them down and then I preach them. But he was the one I heard that said they were all asleep. I mean, did you ever notice that before? I mean, you Bible scholars out there, did you notice? Brother Johnson, did you notice? Brother Jones, did you notice that all of them were asleep? Even the wise ones? You see, this program about is twofold. You know, get in God's church by obeying Acts 2.38 and then stay awake. That's what it's about. And you can tell when you're getting drowsy spiritually. Like you can tell when the when holiness and and the idea of pleasing God, which is holiness, holiness is pleasing God. That's what it is. Finding out what God wants and pleasing Him. That begins to die in people that are falling asleep spiritually. And when Jesus comes, if they don't wake up, they're going to be left behind. Or when they die, if they don't wake up, they're going to be left behind. Holiness and pleasing God to people that are spiritually tuned in um they love it. You know, when I sometimes when I preach and teach on holiness or pleasing God issues on this radio, I've had people question me, Pastor Bob, why would you say that on the radio? I mean, like, isn't this for, aren't you trying to reach the world? Listen, people that are hungry for God love to hear about holiness. It's just the crusty, dusty apostolics that don't like to hear hear about it, or crusty, dusty Christians of any version. I mean, like, like, once you fall asleep and somebody tries to wake you up and you want to stay sleeping, you're kind of grouchy. I had one of my grandsons living with us a year ago or before he got married. and He was kind of hard to wake up in the morning. I hope his wife, Amber, now can wake him up. But he, he I mean, he'd sleep in. He'd set like three alarm clocks, sleep through all of them. And, and I have to say he was grouchy in the morning. I think, I think he's changed now, but so... A loss for the love of fellowship with God, a loss for the love of holiness and pleasing God, a loss for loving people. How about this one? I dealt with it last week. You'll know you're falling asleep spiritually when you're not excited to come to church anymore. Not excited to go where spiritual things are being promoted. I've got some grandchildren that live in Beulah, and they travel more than probably anybody in the country except a traveling salesman. They'll go to a camp. They'll go to a conference. They'll go to a youth service. They'll go to a youth get-together. They'll travel because they like to go where spiritual things are being promoted. And it's not just them. There's a lot of people. There's people in our church here in Dickinson. Same deal. But when you begin to fall asleep spiritually, you begin to lose interest in coming to church. See, it doesn't worry me when you're not coming to church. What worries me is that you don't want to or have a desire to come to church. That's what worries me. Like, I mean, you can't, if you can't come to church because your car had a flat tire or the motor blew up 
or there's a blizzard, that doesn't bother me. What does bother me is when you don't come to church because you don't have a desire to go to church. You're looking for excuses not to go to church. These are signs of somebody that's falling asleep spiritually. Of course they are. I pastor a good church, but but sometimes I'll look out, and it, it's a bigger church, but sometimes I'll look out, and there might be 30 or 40 people that aren't in the service, and many times I don't even know where they're at. Like, I don't know. I, I'm concerned for them. I worry about them. But you see, this is part of this sleepy Christian thing. You know, it's time that we need to wake up. You need to go back in your life and find out where you started falling asleep and reverse your steps, get to that place, and start going back to your first love. That's what you need to do. Um, you know, there is... when You know, when you're excited to do something, it's not hard to get up. There can be a boy a 15-year-old boy, that it's like pulling teeth to get him to get up and go to school, to get up and do anything. But if it's the first day of pheasant season, or the first day of deer season, for some reason, even without an alarm, he's wide awake at before dark. Why? Well, like Brother Blackshear just texted me, because there's an expectation like he's excited about something. You know this this um you know this what I'm talking about here is to warn people to wake up. This is like a one of the spiritual alarm clocks in your life. I have no idea who listens to this program. Most of the people that listen don't tell me they listen. Which is fine. I mean, that's okay, but I, I know people, I've run into people that said they've listened for years. They've never texted me. So I don't know who's listening tonight. I have no idea. I hope there are thousands of people listening, but I wouldn't know that. I don't, I don't know that. But what I'm, 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 tonight I am coming to this station, this radio station with confidence that I'm on here not just blowing smoke. I'm not just wasting time. But there's somebody that needs to hear me wake up spiritually. Jesus is coming back. And not only that, but we have no guarantee of our life. I rode my motorcycle down to this station tonight. Motorcycles, my mom's listening probably. She hates those things. I mean, she hates them. You know why she hates them? Because they're dangerous. There's a small chance that I won't make it home tonight. Now, you know, I, I don't think they're that dangerous. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't drive them. But I enjoyed, I've driven motorcycles since I've been 16. I enjoy driving them. What is that, 47 years? Wow. Is that right? And I've had some accidents. Should have learned my lesson. I didn't. But I'm just telling you, this life is fragile, too. It is. Uh, there was a friend of ours, a friend of our state. His name was uh, Gary Legg. He was a Pentecostal preacher. He preached a message about the frailty of life. 
and how life is so frail and how you better get it done because you have no guarantee of your life. That was the last message he ever preached. He was in perfect health. He was playing basketball a couple days later with some of the his friends from church, and he had a heart attack and died. So whether you believe in Bible prophecy or not, or whether you believe that this earth has another thousand years or not, I'm going to tell you that you don't know how many years you have, or even how many seconds. Is it possible that Pastor Bob is speaking to someone tonight that will die tonight? Yes, it's possible. Very possible. You might die in your sleep tonight. This program, the story of the parable of the ten virgins, is can be summed up in be ready. Get ready. The first step to God is faith. Believe in God. The second step to God is to believe that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The third step to God is to surrender your life to him in confessing your sins and repentance. The fourth step to God is to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And the fifth step to God is to seek after and be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then after that, we need to be ready by living a life that's pleasing to God in righteousness and in holiness. Are you ready? That's my question tonight. Are you ready? I don't want to miss this engagement with Jesus. I don't want to miss this um, Jesus coming back in that trumpet sound. I don't want anything to get in the way of that. For myself personally, for my family, for our church family. Are you ready? Jesus said, pay attention. That's what that word means in Greek, watch. You know, stay alert. You know, uh, don't get sidetracked. He's coming at a time that we don't know for sure. We don't, you don't know. It could be morning, evening, night, or noon, like Brother Farron sings in the song Silo, which we're going to end the program with. You know, so, so this, this is, uh, this is urgent stuff. You know, there was a man, a preacher named Jonathan Edwards that preached in the 17th century. The sermon that he preached that made him famous became a literary work. It was printed, and it's been read and studied, and, and it's you can find it in literary books. This particular sermon changed an entire nation. And the sermon was called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. The gist of the sermon was this. There are people that are dead and are lost right now. There's no hope for them. There are other people that are alive and that are not right with God. 
right now. And the only difference between those people that are alive and not right with God and those that are dead and in judgment is this little thing called life. And it's a very frail thing. Life is a very, very frail thing. And we have no guarantees. That's one of the reasons that I don't feel the need sometimes to preach the second coming because sometimes I just preach about the frailty of life. But there is a second coming. It could be tonight when we hear that trumpet and we're taken away. But either way, you got to be ready. So wake up. I'm, r- I'm running out of time, and it's a very simple message anyway. Jesus told us to watch. If we're still here this week, Tuesday night, you can attend. If you live in the beach area, beach North Dakota, we have church at the Beach Community Center at 730. Uh, Brother Joe Hostetler will be preaching there, I believe. Wednesday night here in Dickinson at 501 Elks Drive, the New Life Pentecostal Church. A brother, a brother Denville, a minister from our Williston Church, will be here speaking. Thursday night in Bowman, we have the um, church on 18 North Main. It's They have a 7.30 service. It's a storefront church, really. It's got it set up nice as a church. And then also on Sunday mornings, they have church there at 10.30. Got a couple of the ladies from there listening tonight. Yvonne and Marin, good to have them listening tonight. On Sundays in Dickinson at the New Life Pentecostal Church, 501 Elks Drive, our service times 10 o'clock is Sunday school, children's church, and also a discipleship class that I would love to have you come. Our, our lesson next, this coming Sunday, is basically on truth about the about the Bible itself, the book itself. That's at 10 o'clock, and then at 11 o'clock is our worship service. We'd love to meet you. We'd love to have you come. Uh, this number that I've been giving out throughout the broadcast, 701-290-7862, is my personal cell phone number. And you can get a hold of me. Um, if you don't live in the area, possibly I can direct you to a good apostolic church somewhere in the country. So if you live out of the country, there's a small chance I could direct you to one there too. But you'll have to email me then, Robert Simons. 58 at gmail.com. Lord Jesus, tonight, as we close this broadcast, I ask you to help each one of the listeners, and all of us, including myself, to take the warning that you've given us in Matthew chapter 25, that we need to be ready, we need to be, we need to be awake, we need to have our lamps, we need to have oil in our lamps. God, I pray that you help us not to get sidetracked with materialism, especially here in the United States, all the other things that we can get sidetracked with. God, I pray that you just help our mind be focused and ready to meet you when you come back. We just pray today in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for listening to the Tell It Like It Is radio show. God bless you. Lord willing, we'll be back next Sunday night at 8.06 Mountain Time for another broadcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening tonight. Thank you so much for texting me tonight, all the different texts that I've received. 
Not for the foolish virgins, but the wise. Then recompense the world for all their lies. The born again believers will sing their triumph song. Say la, it might not be too long. Standing by, waiting for that trumpet in the sky. Then the archangel will blow it loud, and we'll all meet together in the clouds. Even so, come, Lord Jesus, is what we ought to pray. Say, La, He might just come today. And trials for us to learn to cultivate a Christ-like attitude. Be holy unto Jesus, the bread of life, our food. We'll hear the words, thou good and faithful servant, enter in. Say, Ah, your rest will now begin. Think about it before it gets too late. You better say lock, 'cause when he comes back, he won't wait. You better count the cost. There's one thing you can't buy. Won't be no tickets sold on eBay when we fly. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back real soon. Don't know just when it could be morning, night, or noon. Is coming back as a thief in the night. Before he does, my friends, you better make things right. Far above the clouds, we'll live on high. No more sickness, no more tears. We'll never have to die. The mystery of godliness is shown. The glory of the Father to us He's been made known. Forever we will praise Jesus throughout eternity. Selah, well that's what it means to me. That's what it means to me. That's what it means to me. Well that's what it means to me. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. You better make things right. We just might leave tonight. You better get rid of your sin. Allow the Holy Ghost to come in.
Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.